Hello, 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 and welcome to Mixed Emotions Podcast. I am Anne McCormack. And I am James McCormack. James. 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 So what's going on with you, James McCormack? That's very jazzy. Um, I have been, you know what? I've been good. You I've have been, been good. I've been yes. good lately. Let's stay positive, dude. Yeah. You know why? Because I am on no drink October. Oh. No, that would have been in so, so, so October. Socktober. Uh, okay. I, I don't know. I'm making that up as I go. But I haven't <laughs> been drinking. Good for you. Specifically, just because I was getting into this routine and this cycle of being in the service industry. Yes. And there's a pervasive culture of drinking in excess with serving, yeah. which is, you know, you have a high stress job, low pay. You don't really typically have health insurance to cover, you know, like mental health things. <laughs> yeah. So what do you do when you get too broke for a doctor? You go to the bar doctor. Oh, gosh. <laughs> also known as a bartender. <laughs> and he gives you concoction and a cocktail, gives you the tonic you need. And Can't then afford you... Xanax? <laughs> get yourself a... Tequila sunrise. Oh, God. <laughs> Going down, get a tequila sunrise, you know? It's like, so it's just well, like, we know that this is not a healthy way right, to not cope with things. Right. This is not a healthy way to go about living. So I'm right. happy that you're taking this time to detox. Exactly. And, and it's been about like three, a little over three weeks now. Mm-hmm. It's been about three weeks. And, you know, instead of, going out with co-workers who barred and decompress and been going straight home and taking time to drink some tea mm-hmm. and you know just kind of decompress has water breathe and then take a melatonin and go to bed good and it's good you know and ever since i've done that things have been looking up in the sense i've been feeling better you know uh, emotionally this time of year is very sensitive you know i've been getting more auditions i've been feeling more creative. I've been doing the things that I've needed to do. That's yeah. wonderful. Well, I'm happy to hear that. Thank you. How about you? How have you been feeling? I have been okay. Um, I've been feeling a lot better than two, three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of great things are happening. I had an awesome audition yesterday and I got a call hey. back for it. So I'm happy about that. Um, yeah, just been creating and teaching and parenting and uh doing the thing thriving and also thriving yes and seeing friends and you know reconnecting with my tribe um and this time this time in my life has filled me with so much gratitude because i look around because i'm healing right now and i look around and i see who's really there for me and I see the immense amount of love that I have in my life my amazing family amazing friends who are reminding me of of everything that I have to offer and it's it's such a blessing uh to experience that while I'm piecing some things back together Mm -hmm. again and I'm learning so much during this time, during this time of healing, during this time of of transition. I've learned a lot about myself and I'm still learning a lot about myself. So I, the best word I can say, the best word I can use at this moment is gratitude. So 
Yeah. yeah, but every day is different. Some days I'm feeling a little bit like tender and other days I'm feeling super inspired mm-hmm. and powerful. And then other days I'm feeling all of those things at once. It's a process. <laughs> it's know. a process, but a good process. And I'm and I'm glad about it. That's good. Yeah. That's good. So James, our mixed emotion for the day, what is it? Do we come up with a title for it? We or? didn't come up with a title for it, but... It's uh, also a bit tender. Yeah. So I was on social media a couple of days ago and I saw a post um, that one of my family members had put in their status. And this is a family member who's like a third cousin of ours. And he's really, really kind, really lovely person. He's like Mm -hmm. organizes all the family reunions. And in the post, there... It was an announcement of the death of a, a family member. Mm-hmm. and An immediate family member. Well, I was looking at the post and I was like, this name is very familiar. It's Joseph McCormack. That's my grandfather's name. But my grandfather died in 1988, so it's not him. So Joseph McCormack. I think I have an uncle named Joseph, you know? And I think that should be the title of this this segment i think i have an uncle named joseph because you didn't you weren't even sure i wasn't actually sure because the white irish side of our family is very very far removed from us Mm -hmm. and in some ways that was intentional on the part of uh, our parents because there was a lot of toxic energy that was coming from my father's side of the family um james would you like to elaborate on this well uh, like you said, you found out about our, I mean, do you want to finish I've, that? So what happened, <laughs> what happened? I looked at the status. I saw a few names other than his that I didn't really recognize in the status. Um, and I contacted my mom and I said, so I have an uncle named Joseph, right? I think he may have passed away. And my mom was like, What? your dad doesn't know. And for me, this was like the fact that I was on social media, saw a status from a family member that is really great, but I'm not particularly close with. A third cousin. A third cousin. And I informed my mother that her brother-in-law had passed away before my father even knew. Right. And this... And wouldn't have known. He would not have known. Um... It was my father's older brother, is 15 years older than him. And there was a, um, a rift that formed in the family. Oh gosh, this was probably in the early 90s. Uh, and it occurred after my grandfather uh, passed away and it had to do with our grandmother. Um, and there was a lot of contention within the family. And I've been processing this and it's made me very, very upset (laughs) you know upset because that's not the way family should be no you know we shouldn't have this um you go ahead james well i you know it's i think it's more nuanced than that i think you know there's a dynamic of what happened with our grandmother between the family you know this when you have an elderly parent or you have a death in the family there's always a little bit of tension and i think that was a point that actually happens a lot in families. You know, sometimes there's a mad dash to 
figure out, you know, financially things and, but it usually doesn't totally break down relationships to the point where no one talks for 30 odd years or whatever. Right. But there was another, another level to it, I believe with some racial tension. My, our mother was the only person of color in, you know, to be included into the McCormick clan into the McCormick family. Our father married a black woman Mm -hmm. and there was definitely some tension from the family. Weird phone calls and voicemails being left on our family voicemail, you know, with racial slurs and stuff like that. Well, my mother didn't feel like we were safe and my father didn't feel like we were safe. Around them. Knowing them, having them in our lives because they didn't show the kind of warmth and caring energy that a child needs a child needs and that we needed right growing up we needed we needed aunts and uncles that were that were nurturing right and this leads me to another part of this segment which is black families have a certain degree of loyalty towards each Mm other that you don't see in general within white families. As far as we know. As far as we know. Right. There's a a certain amount of, um, there's a certain amount of connection Mm -hmm. that I find um, a certain amount of community that you find within black families that you don't necessarily find. There's a bond that is forged in, for the last, you know, 300 odd years having lost your, your history and your culture that binds you to your family because otherwise you don't have anything else out there. It's like a, a it's stronger than anything else I've, I've noticed. Anyway, this is my experience with my black family that knowing no matter what happened to me, you know, whether I got sick or I got in trouble, I would always have a place to go back to. I yes. always say, I would always have my family as a base and never felt, like I couldn't reach out to anybody in my family. You, you know? never felt like you were going to be shunned for no reason. Right. You never yeah. felt like you were, like even if you got sick, even if you, something happened uh, academically or with the law, I mean, that's never been an issue with us. Mm-hmm. But like if it were to happen, I knew in my spirit that the black side of my family would be there for me and would support me. Mm-hmm. But that in no way was the case with the white side of my family. Right. I I knew that there would never be a ch- I would never be safe. I would never be able to reach out to them. No. And I have seen this in other families. Yes. Um and I find it kind of curious and I think it um it harkens back to your point James like when you have generation upon generation you have this generational trauma and families being separated and your child being sent down the road to like being literally sold down the road to work at another plantation or farm Mm -hmm. you you develop this this deep trauma and longing so once you are free once you can keep your family unit together you do everything in your power to make sure it can work out it can work out yeah and I think that, in a way, trauma creates deep bonds. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. You're, you're absolutely right. And so that was um, because of access and because of 
the privilege that you have, especially within our, our dad's side of the family, like you don't have to be nice. Mm -mm. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be nice. You don't have to be supportive. You can travel and uh, be in your own separate orbit of selfishness and not be generous or giving, you know, you know, it's, I think the reason why, and I'm not trying to shit all over the McCormick side. I'm, I'm really not. I'm just, it, it baffles my mind. It, it baffles me that my uncle died and didn't know. I didn't know. And I found out on the internet. Like yes. it, it baffles and bothers me. Well, uh, you know, I, it's, I think especially interesting to you and I, because we, we can't fathom it. Yeah. We can't with, with our family, our father always, I think because of his own relationship with his family, he instilled this value of, making sure no matter what we went through as siblings that we got over it, made up and were there to support. Yeah. He didn't want that same thing to continue. Right. He didn't want, he wanted us to take care of each other. He Mm -hmm. wanted us to be generous towards each other. He didn't want us to, they never, they made sure that we weren't pitted against each other. Right. You know, that was really important to him. And here we are, you know, in our thirties, in our thirties, and we're we have a podcast together we like each other like sometimes we get in each other's nerves but like no matter what you can always lean on me james yes yeah and i i know that that was not the case for for my dad yes and i do know that the reason why we are so close uh to each other is because of those things that were instilled by him and by our mother right you know uh and i was i was thinking about this the other day because I was watching Tamron Hall and she was talking about how you know we with she grew up in a community and a family where if you needed a last minute babysitter you could drop her mother was able to drop her off at her auntie or or a cousin's house it was very much like that in our family right or if you needed some some friends to hang out during the summer you had your cousins you had this big network of extended black family that you were able to count on and rely on and that I guess I I never took that for granted I, I feel like I took that for granted until you started you know, re- going outside right. of and your I, family and meeting different people yes, and you started yeah. to see that that is actually not very common right and maybe maybe I shouldn't just chalk that up to race you know what I mean maybe it's I honestly don't know I'd be curious to hear other people's opinions about this but from what I've observed within black families I'm sure it's not like this within every black family I'm sure there are some cold ass you know (laughs) families you know but within my experience it's that that trauma that um, that deep understanding of the fact that it can be gone yes in a minute like you can lose a family member just like that it, it builds a stronger bond. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, I have a partner who has a very similar dynamic that my father, you know, has to his family, to, uh, to his his family. You know, it's, uh, it's a contentious relationship. It's not, uh, you know, that it's very, like, clinical, and it's not very, they never say they love one another. They you know, check in a few times a year, but, uh, it's very, you know, going there and spending the holiday there. I remember doing that for the first time and sitting at Christmas dinner and being nobody talking to one another, not having 
you know, this joyous bomb that I know that, you know, it, it was outside of my, my zone, right? I didn't understand Yeah, it. no, you're used to family connection, deep family yeah. connection. You're used to, like, uh, laughter and jokes and right. people, like... Playing games. And, and being supportive. Right. And, yeah. So, on this day, <laughs> I guess I'd like to say, rest in peace, Uncle Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't know you, and I'm sad that you passed away but yeah and i'm also sad that you weren't in my life yeah yeah you know i it's interesting i went to high school or i actually went to middle school and high school with uh someone who i didn't know was my second cousin until my senior year of high school it was uh, in my same grade it was my second cousin on dad's side and uh the only reason we found out was because caroline my my sister Caroline was running down the street wearing a McCormack family <laughs> reunion shirt, and she was she was jogging, and like my, my second cousin Victoria, her mother, and they lived around the corner. This is the crazy part. They lived around the corner. She saw Caroline wearing the shirt. She was like, "Oh, I'm a McCormack too." Yeah. And Caroline was like, "Wait, what?" And then I that's how I found out that Victoria was my second cousin. So in my grade. why is this? What why is this bothersome to you? It's bothersome to me because. There was someone in my age, my grade, who was my my blood. Yeah. And we could have been bonding. We could have been hanging out in the summer. We could have been like and and we tried. That my senior year of high school we tried, but it, it was too late to really form like yeah. a, a bond and I, I moved away and you know, it was like what what and also it's kind of weird with the way people date and stuff. What if I was straight and like we were <laughs> You know, I I know that's kind of a reach, but that's, you know what I mean? um kind of a reach. But can you imagine? That's like some Shakespearean shit right there. You no, know, it's some like, August Osage County shit. And you know, and, you know, and then it's like someone pulling out like a letter and being like, "We didn't know." <laughs> well, the thing that's the thing that's um that strikes me about about that the thing that I find so striking is that the adults need to grow the fuck up. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? It's the adults yeah. issue Yeah, that they are the ones that need to step up and say, hey, we're creating tension within our family. We need to maybe do something about it. Maybe step outside mm-hmm. of our ego. You know, mm-hmm. these are all grown ass people. When we were kids, everyone was grown. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> our uncles yeah. were in their 40s. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Like, I don't understand that kind of. I don't understand that kind of immaturity. Right. Personally. Or like, you know, at, you know, people's weddings, uh, introducing myself to uh, people. James and, introduced himself to our aunt at my sister's wedding because he didn't know who our, she was. Not a great aunt. Our aunt. aunt. She's like, hi, I'm like, James. What's like, your hey. name? And she was like, oh, I'm, I'm your, your Aunt Ruth. And I was like, are you? <laughs> really? I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't I know. I recognize you. Yeah. And so. Uh, I guess let's wrap up this mixed emotion because we got to keep it moving. Yeah, because you don't want it to go in the, the territory of tragic, <laughs> you know, because we, here's, here's the thing. We had all of the love and then some because of my mom's side. Yeah. That's, that is a lucky part for us. We had all the love and the joy and the experience of family and then an extra helping on top, an extra helping of brown mama's mac and cheese on top of yeah. it. Yeah, and her bread pudding, which and is so pudding. delicious. 
so it's, we're lucky. Like we didn't, we weren't missing it, the it, love. Right, we're not, we're, we're not, not looking back at it in a sad way. Right. They were trying to protect us yes. and they did a good job of protecting us from that clearly dysfunctional energy and the dysfunction of it all. The dysfunction of that situation was glaringly obvious two days ago when I was on Facebook and found out that my uncle, who I wasn't sure was my uncle, had died and I had to tell my dad. Yeah. That's insanity. So I guess therapy. <laughs> I love how do you don't know how to like, you're like, how do we, how do we end on that? Like if- do the work. If you're, if you find like that your family is falling apart, if you find that, that there's a rift, don't, don't sit let on it, it, don't sit on it. Do something about it. Even if you decide that you're no longer going to be in contact with those family members anymore, at least like go to therapy and talk it through so that everyone feels settled within their spirit. Yeah. You know, because not everyone is for everyone, right. but at least you can talk to your kids about exactly why it happened. Yeah. And then there's peace. So I'm trying to find peace at this moment in so many different aspects of my life. And this like kind of stirred up some shit. Yeah, of course. So uh, rest in peace. All right, let's move on to our mixed media. Lord, what's your... My e- mixed media is In the Tall Grass, which is a um, movie that I watched on Netflix last night. And it was really, 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 really good. Okay. I loved it. Um, and uh, it has really low rating on um, Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> but, you know. But, you know, it was great. I enjoyed it. I think Patrick Dempsey. I don't know people's names. Okay. But it was essentially this couple. They're driving down the street in a country road. And there's they stop. There's a pregnant woman. She steps out of the car <clears throat> to throw up and they hear like a little boy's voice mm-hmm. in, like saying, help me, help me in the tall grass. And they're like, oh shit, we should go help him. And they enter like this vortex of like, it's really cool. And they end up being stuck and not mm-hmm. being able to connect with each other. And they're like on their own individual orbits trying to get back to each other. And right now, like with all of the family stuff that is going on and like the breakup stuff, mm-hmm. I really like, I was feeling it the shit. I was like, it resonated with me yeah. in so many different ways. It's like you try so hard to connect mm-hmm. sometimes and you just, you feel like you're screaming in your, in a field, yeah. in an abyss. Yeah. And essentially the movie was about stopping that cycle Mm. you know like you have the power to like look at the past you have the power to look at things that the cycles that keep happening and say it stops with me Mm. it's time to move on cool and i i mean that's what i took from it yeah i don't know why i got such low ratings personally but you know Mm. i maybe i'm digging a little bit deep on this (laughs) so did to Wong Fu and, and Crookland and right. other movies. Oh, that are right. Great. That's true. And those are great movies as yeah. well. Uh, what about you, James? Ooh, uh, I recently saw Joker with Joaquin Phoenix and it was it was good. I think it was a little too sympathetic for toward like, oh, you know, this person had a mental health issue and so they became a horrible person and did all all these horrible things because everyone was so mean to him and he didn't take any accountability for his own actions, you know. But uh, acting-wise, 
It was really good. I thought it was a really cool portrayer, portrayer, <laughs> portrayal of someone's like, uh, you know, fall into kind of disassociation. And um, yeah, it was it was good. And if you kind of like DC, uh, you know, mythology it was cool in that way. I'm not going to go into it because I don't want to spoil anything, but it's it's worth a, a watch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Joker. Um I will see it when I find time. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been trying any new beauty products or anything? Well, you just asked me about my teeth. And they look so white and which, curly. Well, here's the thing. I've Because I'm like healing and trying to um, make my life more efficient <laughs> and spiritually efficient, I'm not drinking as much coffee. Oh, okay. And I'm oil pulling. So I realize, because gotcha. usually I drink like a lot of coffee just to get through the day. Mm-hmm, but I'm realizing that it causes me just like too much anxiety. Too much anxiety. Yeah. And I can't, like, right now, I just can't do that. I just have to make sure that I'm managing it in, That's a, smart. in yeah. an appropriate way. So, um, yeah. So oil pulling and cutting out the caffeine. That's good. To, I mean, maybe I'll, I don't know if I can quit the coffee thing That's not entirely I'm, i still drink my um a cup a day. my espresso in the morning okay and then, and then right now i have tea yeah you know? so like i i may well i put some shots of espresso in there i'm not gonna <laughs> lie i'm not even gonna fry it there is a dirty chai it's not just a regular <laughs> one but um yeah i've been uh this new toothpaste it's uh a char it's a california california clean I, it's a uh charcoal activated toothpaste that also has whitening agents in it like uh like uh, tea tree oil and uh, coconut oil and stuff in it. And it's actually working. Oh. I thought it was just like a, I wanted to try it uh, to see if it was like a trend, but it, my teeth are getting whitened. The plaque that I have mm-hmm. is starting to come off, you mm-hmm. know? So I would recommend that. Oh, excellent. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up this podcast. Um, thank you so much, James, for being wonderful and amazing brother. Thank you so oh. much, Josh. Thank you, Josh. Please follow <laughs> us, uh, Mixed Emotions Podcast on Instagram and follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud and iTunes and where all podcasts are found. Okay. Bye. Bye.